Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duckstream. I am your host, Alexis Downey from the Paul Korea studio. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. The Ducks continue on their five-game road trip this week out east. Now, they dropped their game on Saturday night against the New York Islanders 7-1. to It was certainly one that the team wants to put behind them as they continue on this trip. Not very entertaining if you did watch it. Five of the seven goals that the Islanders scored came from defensemen. The Ducks did have an improved third period looking better, but it was just too late at that point. Head coach Dallas Aiken saying that it was just embarrassing for everyone, and I certainly would agree. It was a tough one to watch, but I will give you some of my AD's takeaways now. The penalty kill was improved. The team killed off all of the Islanders' chances, and I think that is definitely a step in the right direction. There were five goals on 27 shots for John Gibson. Anthony Stolarz coming in in the third period to relieve him. It was just a tough night for goaltenders. A lot of traffic in front of the net, some of them unlucky bounces, but they have the opportunity to bounce back tonight against the Rangers. Another thing, the team just was outskated. I felt like the Islanders were moving all around the ice a lot more fluidly than the Ducks were. And last takeaway of the evening, Troy Terry has been a bright spot for the team through the first two games so far, producing just like he did last season. Four points, three of them being goals, one assist. He had the only goal of the night for the Ducks. Certainly glad to see Terry on his game. The team has game two tonight in New York against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. The Rangers had an impressive opening night performance last week, taking down the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1 to and then followed up with the road win at Minnesota before dropping their most recent contest against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the Rangers had an extremely impressive Stanley Cup playoff run last year, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals under Gerard Gallant. Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano will be making their returns back to Madison Square Garden tonight in front of all of the Rangers fans. And another face that will look familiar tonight to Rangers fans, Kevin Shattenkirk, who spent a couple seasons with the team. Now to dive into the matchup, Colin Stevenson chatted with us about what to expect from the blue shirts in this next segment. Now joining Light the Lamp is Newsday's Colin Stevenson, who covers the New York Rangers. Colin, welcome to Duckstream. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm honored that uh, you know I'm I'm part of this this new venture that you guys got going. Sounds pretty exciting. Absolutely, we we are loving it so far and uh, getting ready for the game tonight. But want to talk a little bit about the Rangers, who had a very exciting year for the team last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What have the expectations been like coming into this season? Well, I, I think the the expectations um, are high. I think. Uh, uh, you know, most people don't expect them to win 52 games again. Uh, most people don't expect uh, Chris Kreider to score 52 goals again. But I think everybody expects them to make the playoffs. I think everybody expects them to go deep in the playoffs, win a couple rounds. And, and you know, after – I tell you what, after seeing, you know, how they um, played against uh, Tampa Bay in the season opener, I think people are thinking maybe even get to all the way to the, to the end, you know, to the mm-hmm. final. I, you know, I don't know that anybody's necessarily expecting them to win the Cup this year. Um, it's, it's, 
uh, rebuild plus year two, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think, uh, you know, getting to the Eastern Conference final in, in year one after the rebuild uh, really whetted people's appetite appetite to, uh, you know, to keep keep this window going uh, for a while and, and, and maybe keep playing deep into the playoffs every year. Now, from what you saw in the preseason in camp, who are some of the guys that have stood out to you so far? You know, you know what's interesting about that is um, I had asked uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, the coach, one day in camp, you know, what what was his message to the team at the mm-hmm. start of the preseason? And, and he basically said, or he said, uh, that the message was different to different people because obviously certain people needed to perform well to make the team. Other people didn't need to make the team and then, you know, didn't they just needed to get whatever work they needed to get. So when you look at the preseason, it was really kind of choppy and uneven and and I didn't, you know, we weren't able to draw many conclusions from the preseason. Um, in terms of who played well in the preseason, I think Kapo Kako did play well, and and that ultimately resulted in him getting bumped up from the third line all the way to the first line. Uh, he'll play, you know, with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Um, uh, Philip Heedle played very well, although he's still stuck on the third line. Jimmy VC, who was a tryout player, a former Ranger, mm-hmm. and came in camp this year uh, on a tryout, played very well, scored a goal in the first game, scored, you know, had two assists in the second game, and basically made the team off those two preseason games. But largely, you know, the the, the guys that are going to carry the Rangers this year, uh, the Zibanejads, the Panarins, uh, the Criders, and, and even Vincent Trocek, who they, you know, signed uh, as a free agent in the summer, you know, their preseason was only so-so um, because it didn't really matter. But then, you know what? They showed up in the first couple games of the season, so it's all good. Now, this is the second season with Gerard Gallant as the head coach. How have you seen his system becoming ingrained into the organization? Um, well, so systems are, are not, you know, not that big a deal. I mean, I think, the, you know, he he didn't really want to change much mm-hmm. when he got here. That's that's kind of, It's more personality. Um, he, you know, he left the lines together essentially when he came here. I mean, you know, Zabanajad and Kreider were together, Panarin and Ryan Strom were together, and he left all that alone. You know, our, um, Adam Fox and, and Ryan Lindgren were together, Keandre Miller and, and Jacob Truber were together. So he left everything alone. And really, it's more just an attitude. He, he, he has gotten them to play more straight line hockey than, um, you know, than David Quinn, his predecessor. Um, under David Quinn, you know, it was a young team with a couple of really skillful veterans and the skillful veterans wanted to freelance and do what they wanted to do. And it frustrated David Quinn at times, couldn't get them to just play up and down the wing and up and down in lanes. Um, and Gallant has gotten them to do that. I think maybe because, you know, Gallant's been around the league, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for so long, whereas David Quinn was a, was a rookie head coach, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Um, maybe it's because, uh, David Quinn was more of a hands-on guy, kind of a rah-rah guy that worked with the players and, and tried to kind of be their buddy almost, whereas Gallant leaves them alone. I don't know what it was, but, but they're doing, uh, things for Gallant that maybe they weren't quite ready to do, I guess, for David mm-hmm. Quinn. I'm not quite sure why that would be, but that's what it is. So yeah, they play. You know, they play more straight line hockey and, um, you know, and they're and they're probably, you know, they've tightened up on defense. 
um, which is something that, uh, you know, has happened under Gallant in the, in the year that he's been here. And it, and it took a while, too. It didn't happen on the first day. It sort of evolved over the course of the season. Now, Colin, looking at this game tonight between the Rangers and Ducks, what are some of the points of emphasis that you believe? Uh, so the so the, the Rangers, you know, they started off great a week ago. They, you know, they played on opening night against uh, Tampa Bay and played a very solid defensive game. Didn't give up many chances. Um, won the game three to one. Um, then the the you know they ended up starting the season with three games and four nights. They went on to Minnesota and and they kind of scored a bunch of goals, um, but sort of you know maybe gave up a couple more chances than they you know in the second game than they did in the first game. And then they lost the third game it was the second night of a back to back in you know in Winnipeg. So I you know yesterday in practice on Sunday's practice. Um, you know, they, they were off on, on Saturday after the back-to-back. So on Sunday's practice, they you know, when they came back, it was a full contact practice. I mean, guys were throwing body bombs out there. Uh, Ryan Reeves, like, slammed Keandre Miller into the glass right in front of me. Um, <laughs> you know, they were, they were serious about getting back to, you know, playing physical and, and, uh, in, and tightening up on the fence. So I, I would expect that, you know, you're going to see a lot of hits out there. Um, you're going to have uh, Sammy Blay. Uh, who's a, a physical forward um, that missed most of last season. He tore his ACL in the 14th game of the season, I want to say, um, and was coming back this season and had a, a minor injury in the final preseason game. So he missed the first three games. He's back in the lineup, and he's a physical player who's excited to be back, and I, I, I expect he's going to throw his body around and, and and try and hit a few guys, and I certainly know that you know, guys like Ryan Reeves, it's what they do. So I would expect a lot of hits mm-hmm. and I would expect the Rangers to be compact defensively um, and and not not try and allow too many, uh, um, you know, wide open uh, scoring chances or anything like that. I think they'll play pretty tight and then and then we'll see, you know, how adventurous they are going forward. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a real tight um, physical game. And some familiar faces that will be, you know, in the building tonight, Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano making their return back yeah. to Madison Square Garden, two big parts of the playoff team last year. How do you expect the fans to react? Um, I, I think the fans will react very, very well. Um, Strom was a guy who was here for four years and and created beautiful music with our, our, our Tammy Panarin. They had a, a partnership that was was really great and their chemistry was was awesome. And, uh, and the question, you know, has been, um, throughout the preseason and, and, you know, in the first week of the regular season, whether Panarin could recreate a similar kind of chemistry with Vincent Trocek, who, you know, who replaced Strom in the lineup. Um, and, and they look good, uh, so far. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, what Strom and Panarin had together was, was really something, uh, special and beautiful. And I think the fans will, will um, acknowledge that. I'm sure there's going to be a, a tribute video for him and all that. Uh, Vetrano was a guy that they got at the, at the trade deadline. Um, so he doesn't have quite the history that Strom does, mm-hmm. but he was a big part of, uh, you know, of their team last year because he was, you know, they, they had a, the Rangers had a, a couple of holes on their top two lines. They didn't, they didn't have the, the proper right wing for either of their top two lines. Vetrano filled one of those spots uh, almost perfectly. You know, he played with uh, Zabanajad and Kreider 
filled those spots, scored some big goals for them, and obviously they went very far. So I think there's a lot of love for Vetrano as well. But yeah, no, I, I think the fans are, are, are really going to be happy to see those two guys. And now when you look at all the divisions this season across the NHL, I feel like the Metropolitan is going to certainly be one of the toughest. And of course, that's something that we see very often throughout the years of how difficult the division is. But how do you think it's going to stack up? Yeah, so, you know, you're right. I think it's going to be a really difficult division, right? So everybody... Uh, most people think that Carolina is probably still tops and the Rangers are mm-hmm. probably second. I, you know, I don't know about that. I think, I think, um, I think those are the top two uh, I would expect, but I, I think the Rangers may, may be certainly on a level with Carolina, if not even having surpassed them a little bit. I think what's been surprising in the early going so far is, is you know, the Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers early season success. We we didn't think that they were going to be a very good team, um, even with, uh, you know, John Tortorella taking over behind the bench there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, for them to win their first two games of the season was, you know, not certainly not a shock, but but mildly sort of uh, eyebrow raising. Um, and maybe they, they'll be better than we thought they would be. Pittsburgh, you know, we keep waiting for Pittsburgh and Washington to get old and, and go away. And and uh, so far, neither one of them has gone away. Pittsburgh looks very good. They looks they look as good as uh, as ever, really, with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and, and those guys. I mean, you'd think that at some point they'd start to fade away, but they haven't yet. Washington, you know, we don't know. Um, you know, they've got some injury issues. You know, there's questions with their goaltending. This might be the year that they they start to fade. But, you know, when you have, you know, the grade eight, you know, Alexander Ovechkin mm-hmm. on your team, you know, you, you can never assume anything. I mean, uh, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, the Devils, we think, are better. The Islanders uh, had a tough year last year. We think, you know, they're going to bounce back. They didn't really change their team, which is, you know, we'll see if they had a good team and just had a bad year with a good team um, or if they got old and, and they need to make some changes. But, you know, I think most of us are expecting the Islanders to be better than what they were last year. So, you know, it's it's shaping up as a as a really competitive division. I do still think that the the Hurricanes and Rangers are probably the top two teams. Um, you know, but the but the starts that the the Penguins and the Flyers have had, you know, really you know show me that uh, we, we could be in for a very entertaining season all, all all year long. Colin Stevenson, thank you for joining us here on Duck Stream. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, I think I will. Thanks for having <laughs> me. It's, it's it's been a pleasure. And you can hear the Ducks and Rangers game tonight here on Duck Stream with Puck Drop at 4 o'clock. Pre-game starting at 3.30 with Steve Carroll, Dan Wood, and Josh Brewster. But it's Monday, so of course we have to get to Mailbag Monday. Time to answer your questions that you submitted. Starting with, who had the best outfit on opening night and the best entrance? Well, for best outfit, I'm going to go with Nathan Bullyu. I thought his blue plaid suit was really sharp. It was a three-piece suit, too, so a little bit different than some of the other guys. Now, the best entrance, Max Comtois showed up in a blue-colored classic car. That was awesome. It had really cool hydraulics, too. If you saw it as a part of the orange carpet, it was a really, really cool night. A lot of excitement around it, and I certainly enjoyed it as well. Next question, which first-year duck do you think will end the season with the most points? 
Well, on the rookie end, I'm looking at Mason McTavish as he's been given this opportunity to get a lot of ice time this season. So I think that once he gets into the groove, he's going to build off of that and hopefully net a lot of points this season. And as far as new guys on the team, I'm going to go with Frank Petrano, who is a new addition in the offseason. He's just very dynamic and a very passionate player. I'm excited to see him grow into that on the Ducks team this season. And next question, what's a non-Ducks matchup that you're looking forward to this week? Well, there's certainly a lot of NHL games as we didn't have any on Sunday. So nice to relax a little bit, but lots of hockey to look at this week. I like the Carolina Hurricanes at the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday. Two teams that have a lot riding on their seasons that are expected to have really great seasons. The Oilers known for their offensive presence with some of the very best players in the world. And the Carolina Hurricanes, another offensive team who had a little bit of trouble with that in the postseason, but they're very balanced, which is something that makes them very well-rounded. I think that's going to be a great matchup on Thursday. And last question for your Mailbag Monday. Who has been your favorite interview so far? Well, I've really enjoyed all of them, but if we're going to go with one that's a little bit more recent, Eddie Olchek, always great to chat with him. He's got some amazing stories having worked in the NHL for so long as a player and as an analyst. I love chatting with him. Great to catch up. And remember, you can submit questions anytime by emailing duckstream at anaheimducks.com or you can tweet at duckstream or you can tweet at me at alexisdowney underscore on Twitter for next week's Monday Mailbag. Looking ahead to tomorrow night's game, the Ducks will travel to the Prudential Center to take on the New Jersey Devils for game three of the road trip as a part of the back-to-back games. Now that is always tough for teams playing games back-to-back and having the travel in between, but luckily it's not too far of a trip for the team. The Devils are still looking for their first win of the season. They had a lot of building in their organization over the last two seasons with a lot of new faces and they've added some experienced guys. A face that'll look familiar to Devils fans is Adam Henrique, who spent many seasons with the Devils before coming to Anaheim. Mike Moriel jumped on Duckstream to talk about where the Devils are at in this next segment and look at some of the young faces around the NHL this season. Listen in now. To talk about the matchup with the Ducks and Devils tomorrow, let's bring in NHL.com writer Mike Moriel. Great to have you on the show, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, Alexis. Glad to be on the program. Thanks for having me. So the Devils had a lot of change in their offseason, like many of the other teams around the league. New players, new staff, even behind the bench. What has the transition been like? Yeah, it's 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 at the you know at the outset here, Alexis. It's almost I can almost compare it a little bit to to what the Ducks maybe have been going through in the early stages mm-hmm. of the season here, um, struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, last year Anaheim was 24th in goals per game at 2.78. The Devils were 19th at 2.99. Uh, the Ducks were 23rd in goals against at 324. The Devils were 29th at 368. So obviously, changes needed to happen. I think general manager Tom Fitzgerald tried to to you know alleviate some of that. They they brought in uh, goaltender uh, Vitek Vanacek in a trade mm-hmm. with the Washington Capitals. They brought in two defensemen, Brendan Smith over from the Carolina uh, Hurricanes, John Marino, who has some experience 
uh, with Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh for three seasons. So they figured they had uh, their defense pretty much solidified. Obviously, Dougie Hamilton coming over as the big free agent acquisition a year ago. Um, but it seems like right now, and the biggest question entering this season, Alexis, was the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year, the Devils went through seven goalies. Obviously, Fitzgerald and company did not want to go through that scenario again. So that's why they brought in Vanacek. But uh, over the first two games, the Devils have allowed 10 goals. They have 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 had consecutive uh, losses to the Philadelphia Flyers, 5-2, and then the uh, Detroit Red Wings, 5-2 on Saturday. So it hasn't the start hasn't been, um, you know, great uh, right now. Obviously, Jack Hughes, Nico Heeshear is healthy and he'll play, obviously, tomorrow uh, in the game against Anaheim. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the offense needs to pick it up here. I mean, they did bring over Andre Palat, mm-hmm. uh, a forward from the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously uh, two times Stanley Cup winner. And he's on a top line right now. He'll be playing alongside. Looks like he'll be playing alongside Nico Heischer in the game against Anaheim. So that'll be interesting to see. And, 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 you know, the Devils just need to pick up the pace here. I mean, this is a team that can't win on, you know, skill alone. They've got to do everything as a team out there. Um, And I think that's what coach Lindy Ruff has been stressing uh, at the outset here. And it just needs to happen. It just needs to materialize just as I know things will eventually go well for, for the Anaheim ducks. I, I, you know, I'm hopeful that things will go well here for the Devils as well. And you mentioned the addition of Vitek Vanacek. What have you seen from him? I know he had a really great preseason camp. What have you seen from him outside of that as well, even through these first couple games? Yeah, a big goalie, right? He's a big goalie, 26 years old. Um, obviously, he got you know a, a good turn last last season with the Washington Capitals. Uh, went 2012 and six at a 2.67 goals against, uh, a little over a 900 save percentage from what I remember. Big size goalie goes about six one, uh, you know 180, 181, 190, and uh, he's that type of goalie that uh, you know from what I saw in the preseason was very shifty, you know from post to post. Good lateral movement. It looked like on Saturday, which was his Devils debut, um, you know, he, he he would go down. And I think I think Detroit was able to find some consistency and some success going up high, going up top mm-hmm. on him. So that might be something the goalie coaches and he might want to might want to address uh, down, you know, in, in the upcoming uh, upcoming games. I I have a good su- suspicion that it may be. Mackenzie Blackwood between the pipes tomorrow, uh, against Anaheim. But I do like what I see in VTech and what he's been able to, 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 to bring to the team. Obviously they need, they need the goaltending in today's game. You need a one, a, you need a one B and hopefully VTech is that guy. Another one of those additions in the offseason, I was a little bit surprised about Andrew Brunette joining as an assistant coach on the coaching staff. What kind of leadership has he brought to the crew? I mean, having such a successful season with the Florida Panthers last year. Yeah, that's right, Alexis. And, and obviously, as you know, uh, was in the running there for the Jack Adams Trophy as NHL coach of the year, mm-hmm. led the Florida Panthers to the best record in, in, in its history uh, and the president's trophy for the best record in, in the regular season. but. You know, Brunette has brought like a fresh perspective for the Devils. And, you know, they'll he'll learn a lot more working with Lindy Ruff to become a more experienced coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be dealing with a, a younger group of players. I spoke to Jack Hughes about what Brunette has meant to the team in the early stages here. 
Jack says he likes what he's doing with the forwards. He's easy to talk to. Uh, you know, the door is always open to come in, watch video, try to improve certain things, watch tape of other players, maybe uh, learn something here and there from, you know, those particular players. So um, he, you know, he's been part of successful teams previously in his coaching career. And he, you know, he's going to look to repeat that uh, this year uh, with the Devils. He was an assistant, of course, uh, with the Minnesota Wild before his stint with the Panthers. Uh, he coached uh, with them for two seasons, beginning in 14-15, before becoming their assistant GM until the end of 2018-19. So, uh, you know, and, and Minnesota qualified uh, for the postseason in four to five seasons. He was there with the club. So he's got that, you know, playoff pedigree. He knows how to create a winner on the ice. Uh, he can do it with his players. He knows what buttons to push. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he's a big helping hand for Coach Lindy Ruff, who said it, he's very grateful to have someone like Andrew Burnett there, who's who's obviously been helping not only with the forwards, but he's been playing a big mm. part with the power play as well. Now, Mike, Jack Hughes has been in the NHL for a few seasons now. How have you seen his progression continue to grow in the last couple seasons? And now he's kind of at that pivotal point where he's needs to, you know, step up and have a big year. Yeah. Well, he averaged uh, a little over a point per game last year. Uh, they missed him Alexis last mm -hmm. season when he got injured the 17 games. Um, so he was out, but even in the 56 games he played, I mean, he, you know, he put up 26 goals, put up a lot of points for the devils. That's what they need him to do. Um, obviously coming over from the national team development program that first year in 2019, 20, Maybe Jack expected to be able to do the things that he was able to do with the NTDP uh, coming out of, you know, playing against college opponents in the USHL schedule that they do play over there. But that wasn't the case. But as you know, Jack Hughes, he, he's a sponge. He learned, he, he took, uh, you know, took what was given to him. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's doing the things I think that made Jack Hughes so successful with that program. Uh, obviously, he's playing in the first or second line center with the Devils right now. Um, and last year, let's face it, he was the youngest player to, to, to make the, uh, all-star team for the Metro division, uh, had a real nice two games in that did some nice stuff in the, in the skills competition, which I know you saw and you would, you probably appreciate <laughs> Alexis what he did there. Um, so, yep. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, um, I think for Jack last year was somewhat of a coming out, but now we need to see that more on a consistent basis. He's been shut out. Uh, no points in the first two games for the Devils in their opening two games, but uh, he's been generating a lot. Had seven shots against Detroit, you know, hit a post, uh, broke in a few times, uh, wasn't able to cash in. But he's showing that that play that made him such a, uh, you know, made him such a target come draft time when when all the teams wanted him and the Devils were fortunate enough to get him number one in 2019. And I know all of the Hughes brothers spent some time with Trevor Zegras over the summer, actually, in New York, and they're good friends. So I'm sure it'll be a fun matchup between Jack and Trevor tomorrow, too. It will be. I mean, I, I remember doing a story last year, Alexis, about, you know, the first time they met last year, I guess, towards the end of the season, they were finally able to to get on the ice together at, at Prudential Center. And none of them really, you know, were able to showcase that skill or anything, uh, uh, but maybe, uh, you know, a potential center <laughs> this time around will be able to see some Michigan, uh, Michigan fireworks or <laughs> something of that sort if these two guys uh, get going. And we know what they're capable of doing. So it's it's certainly going to make for an exciting game. 
Now, with your role covering prospects, you've seen a lot of talent come up to this level over the years. How have you seen the evolution of it in recent classes? Yeah, it's interesting, Alex. You know, I, I think I think what we're seeing now out of, the, out of the younger players than maybe when I first came aboard NHL.com in 2008 is the fact that um, you're starting to see a little more swagger. Um, uh, you know, that ability that these younger players, when they do get that opportunity to play with the NHL club, you know, maybe they're not as intimidated as they once were. Um, and that's that, that's nothing to say, oh, my goodness, you know, they need to respect the NHL players. Well, they do respect the NHL players, but I think because of the coaching, because of what they've gone through, because of what they've experienced at the major junior levels or NCAA or even high school, I, I, I think they the coaching has been exceptional in, in recent years. And I think the players are ready to make that jump. I mean, we're seeing a lot more players, not just the number one overall pick or number two. But there are some first round picks, be it number 10 through 15, that have made impacts, if, it's, if not after their draft season, then just a year later. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a credit to them. And I think the players that we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing a ton of rookies uh, in the league this year that have a shot for that call the trophy. You think of Matty Beniers and then Owen Power, uh, the, the defenseman for the Sabres. Uh, uh, they've gotten off to some good season, you know, some great seasons. Mason McTavish. Uh, even with Anaheim, I know he's on a third. He's playing a third line role now, but this is a kid that I expect a lot of good things out of in, in the near future because of what he was able to accomplish, uh, you know, uh, by you know, in the World Juniors mm -hmm. and and then with his major junior club as well. So a lot of things, a lot of things to get excited about with these with these young players. And um, uh, this year is a, is is a class that I think is going to be real dynamic. We're going to see a lot of good. And last year was too. Uh, when Marit Sider um, for the Detroit Red Rings, the defenseman was able to win the Calder. He had such a spectacular uh, season uh, last year. So um, I think a lot of these young players now are well-trained and they're developed the right way. If they're not ready to reach the NHL, the, the, you know, the managers for those clubs know that and know that they need to marinate, maybe play a little more at the major junior club or even get that experience in the American Hockey League, which is what the Devils actually did with Simon Nemitz, the defenseman from Slovakia, who they chose number two in the draft in 2022. Uh, he hasn't played any games in the NHL, uh, regular season games in the NHL yet, because they sent him to the American Hockey League just to, to gain that experience on the North American rinks. And just because some of these European players do play in these pro leagues doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean they're ready, they're NHL ready. Because mm -hmm. obviously the North American rinks are a little smaller or a majority of the North American rinks are a little smaller. So they just need to adjust to that style of play, how to create in the, in the small areas of the ice. And Simon Nemes will get there. He's He's got one heck of a high Q, hockey IQ. So I expect him to, to be beside possibly Luke Hughes when Luke's ready to come and maybe sign with the Devils at the end of his sophomore season uh, at the University of Michigan. And and maybe the two of them will form quite a uh, quite a pair next year uh, with the New Jersey Devils. Now, do you have a pick for the Calder Trophy this year? Then, um, well, actually, I, I do. The two players that I mentioned, I like. I do like McTavish. I do like McTavish okay. to be in the running there. But I, I do like Matty Beniers from Seattle. Um, you know, he's gotten off to one heck of a start. Mm -hmm. He has points in twelve games, uh, twelve or thirteen games. So. Um, He's had quite the start. I know Seattle is still going through, you know, 
the what they need to do to become a legitimate good franchise winning right. week, you know, day in, day yep. out. But for the most part, uh, Seattle is, uh, you know, they're showing vast improvement over last year. And Matty Beniers, of course, is going to be a big part of that. You know, that's actually my pick, too. I'm with you for that this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's he's, he's, he's a great player. I mean, obviously, at two years in, at the University of Michigan, he showed a lot of good mm-hmm. things. Uh, he's very humble in what he does off the ice, on the ice, a good teammate. So, um, I like it. I like that pick, Alethis. Absolutely. <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> well, looking at the matchup tomorrow night with the Ducks in town, what are you expecting to see from this game? I'm expecting to see a lot of, like, you know, possibly some real good scoring opportunities at both ends of the ice. I think both teams want to tighten up a little bit defensively. Obviously, um, you know, you know, Ducks head coach uh, Dallas Eakin said that, you know, this team needs needs to get together. They need to play more of a defensive structured game in order to have some success. When you have a lot of young players in in the lineup, uh, you know, Dallas said that it was kind of embarrassing for everyone what happened, um, you know, in the game against the Islanders. So um, I would expect a, a little bit of a defensive structure from Anaheim, as I as I would the same thing with uh, with the Devils. But that's not to say that you know when a lot of these you know, real talented forwards get that opportunity. And when power plays come around and uh, when opportunity knocks, there's not going to be some excitement or fireworks in the offensive end uh, for each team. Um, obviously, John Gibson is one of the elite goaltenders in this league. We'll have to see if, um, you know, he does get the knots more. I don't know, since uh, it looks like he might be going tonight uh, against the Rangers. But I do expect Mackenzie Blackwood in net for for the Devils uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. So, um you know, the, the goaltenders need to to hold their own as well. Uh, and defensively, the you know, players will need to clear pucks and, and forwards will need to get back to create outlets for those defensemen. So um, it's going to be interesting, uh, particularly since the Devils have not won a game yet. They're on home ice. Mm-hmm. The fans are a little bit antsy, shall we say, Alexis? I mean, <laughs> I, I know there was there were a lot of chants on Saturday, you know, with Lindy Ruff and job security. And there was talk about that post game. Um, but, uh, you know, Lindy knows that he understands the fans frustration. Mm-hmm. We all do. I mean, fans want to win fans want, yep. uh, you know, playoff games. They want a chance to win a Stanley cup. And it's been, it's been a while for the devils. They, they haven't, uh, qualified for the playoffs four straight seasons, nine times in the past 10 years. So, um, I think the fans have had enough. They want to see this team succeed and, um, they got to get the, you know, got to get the ship uh, going here and, and, I would expect that to happen uh, Tuesday, as I would uh, Anaheim as well. I know they've been, they'll be coming off a game against the Rangers, so um, you know they probably won't have a morning skate on Tuesday. Rest up a little bit, prepare for the Devils. But I would expect a good game, particularly you know out of Zegris and Hughes, who definitely want to show <laughs> each other up. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Mike Moriel of NHL.com. Mike, thank you for joining us here on DuckStream. Thanks a lot, Alexis. Take care. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Remember, you can catch the Ducks and Devils game tomorrow night, that being Tuesday night, right here on DuckStream, listening to it. Puck drop at 4 p.m., pregame starting at 3.30. It's time for my final quack for this episode and kind of a fun fact for you today. So hockey players, like most athletes, are really big on eating carbs before a game so that they're energized up and ready to go for the game. Well, today, being Monday, 
is actually National Pasta Day. Kind of fitting with the Ducks having a road game tonight, I would say. I personally am a big pasta fan. I love pasta and will definitely be participating in this tonight. So if you're looking for something to make for dinner, maybe try some pasta tonight. Thanks for listening to the Light the Lamp. Come back again for lots more hockey talk and the occasional food talk now on Duckstream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.